This is PhotoBizX, episode number 379, and today we're talking with an Australian-based photographer who has an incredible studio, a profitable business, fantastic staff, clients that he loves, he's still passionate about his photography, and he puts his success down to, I was going to say one simple thing, but I guess it's more than that, but one main thing, and that's the numbers. I'm talking about Craig Cooper of Cooper Studios, and I know you're going to get a ton from what he has to share today. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I know you are going to get a ton from what Craig has to share and I don't want to simplify (laughs) the message too much because I know there's so much more that goes into a successful business than just the numbers, which I know you're going to get from Craig shortly. And one of the most interesting things that really caught my attention was when Craig says... It doesn't matter what you photograph in your portrait studio, they can all be equally profitable. doesn't matter whether it's boudoir, pets, families, kids, couples, babies or newborns. It really doesn't matter if you follow the numbers. (laughs) It's going to be a fun interview. Before we get into that, I normally talk a little bit about my week and what's been happening, but you know what? I'm not going to share too much about that. I had a great weekend (laughs) and it's my and Linda's 24th wedding anniversary today. So I'm going to keep things pretty short because I promised to take her out for some cake, (laughs) coffee and cake, this afternoon once the podcast goes live. Oh, and my weekend had a great time. A big 140-kilometer ride with a bunch of mates, and then a quick snooze (laughs) before heading out for a game of golf with my two boys, and my brother-in-law. So yeah, it was, it was a great weekend. And like I said, today, it's my wedding anniversary. So things are good amongst all the doom and gloom that's going on in the world. I hope things are equally good for you or you have these little moments that you get to celebrate that the good times are good things, no matter how small they are, because we seem to be surrounded by so much doom and gloom. And I know, I know it's, it's a real thing out there. It, it really is tough at the moment for, for so many. It's hard to to watch the news or read the news and come away feeling optimistic and happy. But yeah, I think um, if we can stop and appreciate the good things, even the little things, it's pretty damn good to be alive. And now, a macro look at the last episode. In last week's episode, I interviewed Blair DeLorbenfels. She is the brains, the passion, the driving force behind that new website, World's Best Wedding Photography. And in that interview, we talked about a bunch of things, but we focused a lot on editing your work to come up with your look, your brand, which she says is the secret to standing out, becoming successful, attracting your ideal clients, and being able to stand out in a super saturated market. In addition to editing and curating your work, we talked about SEO, photography, business, marketing, and so much more. If you haven't had a chance, get back and have a listen to that interview with Blair. I know that you'll get a ton from what she had to share. 
You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We're just about to jump into this interview with Craig Cooper. And if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. And what that means is you won't be hearing the full interview today with Craig because I am going to save the biggest, juiciest, best part of this interview for premium members only. It's where we dive deep into the numbers, the marketing, and how Craig has achieved the success he has. That's in the second half of this interview. I'm saving that for premium members only. So if you gel with Craig, if you love what he's sharing in the first half of this interview, if you want to get more from him so you can implement his ideas into your business, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. Simply head over to photobizx.com forward slash try, sign up for a 30-day trial membership. It's $1. You'll get full access to the interview today with Craig plus access to the full back catalog <laughs> back catalog, and an invite to the members' Facebook group, which is a big part of the premium membership. Again, to learn more and to sign up and check it out for $1, head over to photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest has been a long-time premium member, but it wasn't until he participated in the recent daily vlog challenge that I had a glimpse into the success he's achieved. His studio, known as The Birdhouse, is simply amazing. And after a little more research, I learned the following. He's been a professional photographer since the year 2000 and started shooting weddings in 2003. He opened a studio in WA, that's Western Australia, in 2007, and he transitioned from weddings to studio portraits only in 2009, just two years later. In the last year of shooting weddings, he had a five-figure sales average and people thought he was mad to give up weddings. They opened the Birdhouse Studio in September last year. He only works about 30 to 35 hours a week in total, and he says, in inverted commas, he's a lazy photographer. Over an 11-year period, they average 450 shoots a year. They don't make outgoing sales or marketing calls. I'm talking about Craig Cooper of Cooper Studio, and I'm wrapped to have him with us now. Craig, welcome. Thanks, Andrew. That was awesome. <laughs> Mate, I don't believe for a second that you are a lazy photographer. You don't truly believe that, do you? I, th I think laziness is a philosophy in the sense that there's an old saying, if you want something done efficiently, ask a lazy man. <laughs> I have a lot of constraints in my life, and because of that, there's a limit, frankly, to how much time I can spend inside work. And the other thing is I'm quite an eclectic person. So although I love photography, I've got quite a few other obsessions. And so somehow I have to fit all that in. And when it came to actually building a business, I think I was always aware of what I couldn't do. And so it was about actually building a business that reflected what basically I could give up and the time I could spend to actually get the best result. What are some of these constraints and what are these other passions? Okay, so basically the constraints are like probably like a lot of people who are listening to this. I've got kids. What's maybe a little bit different compared to some of the men who are photographers out there is that I'm not a sole breadwinner. And in fact, I have a wife who is quite a high-end professional who simply has to work for reasons that have nothing to do with money. And she works very, very hard. And because of that, really, we have to share everything in terms of looking after our family, looking after our kids. We've got two kids. We don't have relatives here in Western Australia. So 
in a sense, there's an absolute ceiling to the amount of time I could spend in the business. In terms of passions, as I said, I'm an eclectic person. I sort of go through phases, but you know, I play chess, I do judo, and I spend just a lot of time being a dad, as I'm sure probably most people, you know, can reflect on just being a parent, you know, and how much time, how much of you that actually takes up. And what I see sometimes with people in business is that business destroys them. It can be all-consuming and it can actually eventually wreck their relationships and the other things that give them joy in life. And I never wanted that to actually happen. Nice. I totally understand where you're coming from and I can relate to some of what you just talked about. So you're a fantastic photographer. There's no question your work is amazing. You are a skilled professional. Oh, thank you. So when you went in to set up Cooper Studio or maybe the way it's transitioned to, to what it's become now, do you have to wear two separate hats or are you a photographer first? Are you a businessman first? Oh, that's a that's a tricky one. Look, I think actually it's a really good point, Andrea, and I think the approach there is that you actually have to begin your business. Uh, Actually, come to think of it, it's probably a little bit of a stepwise thing. I think without knowing how to shoot, you can't be a photographer and you can't open a photography business, of course. Without having your first few customers, you know, you can't know what it's all about. So you go through these little stop-start steps when you begin a business, and I think that's actually quite normal. When it comes to nuts and bolts, and I mean, for me, that was when we were committing to a lease, when we were committing to, or even actually buying our first house, which was actually a shop house. We had a studio, you know, in the front room, you know, things like that. When you're starting to actually invest some reasonable money into the business, you actually then need to think about it in terms of the business first. And what you want to do there is you want to create your systems, you want to create your flows that then gives you the freedom to then relax. And once you know that you've actually got a system where if you get this customer, this customer will come into the business, they will have this experience. On average, they will spend this amount of money. Then you can actually relax. And then when the customer comes into the business, you can just be the photographer because you know that the system to some degree is a solution and the system will deliver on average the results you need to stay in business to pay for your overheads to give you your income. So I think it actually goes back and forth. And right at the moment, for example, I'm very much in a business phase. We're in a very unusual position for us at the moment, which is we're not doing much work at all. And that's got something to do with COVID-19. And But we're actually using the time and we're actually using the time to really modernise our business because for the last 10 years or so, we've really just been working. We've been using systems that we established over a decade ago and a lot's changed in the industry in a decade uh, you might have noticed so <laughs> it's certainly time for a bit of an upgrade and then we've been spending actually months now just knuckling down on really modernizing what we do but then once we get back into working to be honest i want to have a life where i can just when i've got a customer who comes into the studio i can concentrate on being the artist and i can concentrate on actually making sure that customer has an amazing experience and a transformative experience as well right it's interesting to hear you talk about modernizing your business because from the outside like looking at the birdhouse studio like that is the epitome of modern (laughs) thank you (laughs) i mean for the listener who doesn't or isn't familiar with your studio just describe it it's three levels isn't it? it's an architecturally designed home okay so there's some interesting things about the studio and the thing you have to understand is it's our second studio So the first studio is pretty much what we did up to September last year. And that was actually a conventional shop in South Fremantle in Western Australia. 
and it was fitted out like a shop. It was a freestanding building and it was an old heritage place. And working out of a shop, you develop a certain workflow and you develop a certain relationship with your customers and your customers come in, you take them through an experience, they pay, they leave. But I actually think the industry's changed a bit in the last 10 years and I think people are looking for things that are actually more more personal now where they can actually see a little bit more of your personality as a photographer. So when I was looking for a new place, there were a couple of things. One, I didn't want to spend a quarter of a million dollars on fit out. Um, I really hate doing things like that. So I actually had this idea that, you know what, we're going to hire a really big house. And I spent a little bit of time looking around and in the end, I actually found an agent who was a former wedding customer of mine. And she found me this place, which is the birdhouse in Melville. And it's a house. It's over three levels, but it's actually a new build. It was only built a year or two ago. And it's a completely architecturally designed, uh, grand designs type place. It's amazing. And as soon as I walked in here, I just went, yep, that's it. The weird thing is it's almost built more like an Austin Powers pad than it is actually a livable family home. It's got steep stairs and slippery floors and sharp edges and all these things you wouldn't actually want with children around. But for us, it's perfect. Uh, you walk in on the bottom level, you go up a flight of stairs, and then actually we've got this sort of completely open level, which was where we have now our lit studio with our studio lighting and that sort of thing. But it's also got a kitchen in there. It's got a lounge area. And basically, it's a lovely place to actually just meet and talk with our customers. And what I've actually been finding since we've been here is it's actually changed the relationship we have with our customers as well. And then you can go up onto the third floor. And on the third floor, we have a room that we call the Avery that actually just has natural light on two complete walls. And it's essentially a light box. And naturally, we're using that now for boudoir work, for natural light photography and things like that. And it's extremely comfortable. And another thing that's actually important here is that Sometimes what happens when you have staff in a building is there's a problem with actually the ancillary facilities like bathrooms, for example. So because this is a luxury home, we have like four bathrooms here. Everyone's got somewhere to go, even if we've got customers. (laughs) So it's really, it's an amazing place to work and it creates an impression when people pull up, they look at the studio and Basically, that gets us over our first hurdle of creating a sense of credibility, creating a sense of confidence of what we do. As soon as people pull up, they know they're somewhere special. Yeah, absolutely. And there's examples of some images on your website to show examples of the spaces that you're talking about. It really is beautiful. Did you say you took out a lease on this place or you bought it? Yeah, we lease it. Now, that is a little bit problematic, to be honest. There are obviously a lease like this is on a yearly or bi-yearly basis, so... From a business point of view, there are some problems and I'm relying very much here on sort of the fact that I know who the owner is. I know the owner's not in a hurry to move or sell or, you know, anything like that. And to be honest, it's the sort of place that if it was for sale, we'd probably buy it anyway. Right, okay. And when you take out a lease in Australia, I'm guessing it's similar all over Australia, but it might be different for the overseas listeners. Mm. Do you take out a lease over a certain number of years with an option to stay on for another couple of years or three years after that? Okay, so in a normal commercial lease, that's the normal situation. So with our previous studio, we did that. And it's actually when you take a lease, what you do and what I recommend people do is you want a short initial lease. So what we did with the previous place, we had a two-year lease and then we had two five-year options to renew. So the two years basically 
gives you the opportunity to get in and make sure things work the way you want them to work. And then if it all goes to hell, and sometimes things do, you've got an escape clause there. You can just walk away after two years. Um, Commercial contracts, there's no way out of them, basically. So you are on the hook for whatever amount of money you sign up for, for however long. So it's very important, I think, to have a short initial lease term and then to have ideally options. Now, an option is basically your right to then demand another period of time to be there. So we actually had a lease for 12 years at our previous place, and that was a two-year initial term, then two five-year options. And then you could negotiate again if you wanted to. Yeah, so that's how that works. For the birdhouse, it's a little bit different because it is a house. It's not a commercial building. And in fact, our lease terms here in some ways are not as good, but in other ways better. Right, okay. So can you have a commercial lease with a residential property? Um, I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. That's actually a good question. (laughs) I'm not sure either. I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. That's fine. You mentioned staff and you also mentioned that you're not shooting right now at this very moment. So Mm. can you just touch on the staff, like how many staff you have in their basic roles and what they're doing now while you're not shooting? Sure. So basically, um, look, I'm going to introduce them by name because they're actually my second family. So we have Jody. Jody's my studio manager. Jody's been with me for nine years. I have Velvet. Velvet's my head of production and she's also an excellent photographer. She's been with me for, must be getting on to four or five years now. And then I've got Sean. Sean's my Photoshop guru. He's my back end guy and he does a lot of the actual production work. Everyone here is also trained to answer phones and everyone here is trained to take bookings. So we have a situation where whenever anyone rings, whoever picks up the phone can deal with whatever the question is that they have. Right. So who's actually photographing? I know it's you. Is it anyone else? We've actually three of us. So basically myself, Jody, and Velvet all shoot. Right, okay. And at the moment, because now obviously with COVID-19 and it's been a weirdly disruptive year, This is not a very good representative year for our business for a bunch of reasons. So at the moment, I'm doing most of the shooting myself. And we are, despite everything, we've been having a a constant trickle of work coming through. So when I say we're not busy, I mean we're not doing nine shoots a week. So at the moment, I'm doing most of the shooting myself. But typically, we roster who shoots. So we actually have it all drafted up in the diary. And depending on when the customer books in, that's the photographer they get. And we do that in a way that's actually quite random. So it's essentially just um, there's no favoritism or there's no particular way we approach that. It's just the slot someone wants to book that is allocated to a certain photographer and that's how it happens. At various times, we've had more staff and less staff. So we've been doing this for a long time has varied a little bit. And in fact, we were growing just before COVID-19 hit and I did actually have to let a couple of new people go, unfortunately which was really sad, but I'm also happy that I managed to find a way of keeping my good staff on. Fantastic. So what are the staff doing now? So Jody Velvet and Sean, what are they doing while things are quiet? So at the moment, let's see, Velvet is editing a video for me. This is right at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sean is setting up ManyChat and Jody. <laughs> Mini chat, something that uh, I got from you guys. I saw you playing around with my one on the website. <laughs> <laughs> and Jody is actually working on essentially what will be a new digital marketing and gift card delivery system 
that is super complicated. It's like a big Rube Goldberg machine that we're making to take people from the initial inquiry through to actually having a booking in our, in our diary. So she's been spending ages setting up uh, new email marketing. She's been setting up, uh, what am I thinking of, a Qity calendar. And we've even been doing some coding and all this sort of thing. So there's some interesting things in the pipeline. And I've had my team working on it, which is... I actually like to involve them in as much as I can. And I certainly personally, from a personality point of view, I find that I work better when I'm actually working with people to actually get a project done. So, which to be honest is still a learning process for me. I'm a bit of an independent person and learning to be a boss is a constantly evolving thing too. I don't think you're ever a truly great boss. I think it takes a while to get there, but you know, we're working on that. And I like working with people to get things done. So we're working on projects at the moment. It sounds like you have a good team around you, which is nice. Absolutely crucial. (laughs) I alluded to the fact of how many shoots you're doing. You did two just a little while ago. And I think in the intro I said it was 450 shoots a year on average. Yeah. That's a huge number of shoots. So I'm assuming that all the photo shoots are happening inside the studio at the birdhouse now. You're not doing outdoor shoots as well. Yeah, so the birdhouse is a little different to where we were. So the birdhouse, um, our capacity here is two shoots a day inside the studio. And the way we shoot is we do the whole thing from the shoot through to the viewing and the sale all in one session. So our capacity here is essentially two a day. Where we were before, we actually had a capacity of three per day at uh, the previous studio due to a different configuration there. The building itself is actually a constraint in terms of how much work you can do depending on how it's laid out. Now, the difference here is that we're adding, our customers are actually spending more and they're happier here. They actually are really enjoying the experience more. And the other thing about this place is that we do have, which is new for us, we do have a few outdoor areas we can use and things like that as well. So again, it's got a very different feel to the type of indoor photography studio we were running before. Right. So talk me and the listener through that process. So a client turns up, they're like, wow, when they see the place, they come in, I'm guessing they ring the doorbell or knock on the door. What happens? We're there waiting for them when they rock up. So we'll have someone be there, open the door, or we'll even meet them at their car. Not all four of you, just the photographer? No, just usually just one of us is, can be the photographer or it can be someone else. We use Slack to communicate internally. And typically when a customer is arriving, there's a little blip on our Slack so that everyone knows. And we just have a quick little Slack conversation about who's going to greet them and that sort of thing. Right. And then we'll open the door, they'll come in, they walk into the ground level then we will usually say something along the lines of, welcome to the birdhouse, this is our new lifestyle studio. We take them up the stairs and to the second level, and from there we'll take them and, again, the overall impression there is fantastic. People walk in and they're often sort of quietly whistling under their breath and things like that, which is great for us. <laughs> thinking I'm going to be spending a lot <laughs> or just wow or both. I think it's setting the type of experience somebody's going to have. And there's a lot I can go into with this, depending on where you want to go with the conversation today. But we bring them into the studio, we sit them down, and we have a little chat. And the chat's usually, hi, I'm Craig, I'm going to be your photographer today. And then I actually talk them through the experience they're going to have. And this is really important. Just one second, Craig. So they haven't actually met or talked to you before this stage? Quite often, no, no. We may or may not have done an excitement call with them beforehand. 
But we tend to find that our excitement calls are quite short. They tend to actually be more of a, hi, we're just checking in. We want to know if you've got any questions. Have you had a bit of a think about what you bring along to wear? And that sort of thing. We've personally found that people, when you ring them on the phone, are not always in a frame of mind to have a long conversation. Sometimes they are, and you get into the sort of deep conversations about what they really want to get out of the photo shoot. But quite often, people have a much smaller idea of what the experience is going to be than what it actually is. And it's a process of actually taking people through to discover that this can be a bigger and a more important experience for them. But we actually find that's easier to do when they're here rather than on the phone. Now, again, we're changing things a little bit. We're recording a lot of videos at the moment, and we're going to be using a lot of videos to educate our customers before they come in. And we may well be doing some personal videos for them as well. But we actually have found that the phone hasn't been a great medium over the years for these excitement calls. Often people, because we also work from all different walks of life, you often catch people at a wrong time, or you catch someone who's just not very conversational on the phone. So, so over the years, we sort of kept those conversations short and we want to establish rapport and we actually want to build the importance of the experience actually once the customer gets here. Okay, so fast forward then, they're sitting on the couch, you've introduced yourself, yep. you're going to start explaining. Hi, I'm Craig and basically what we're going to do today, guys, we're in, in just a few minutes, we're going to start our photo shoot. Now we're going to spend anywhere between about 45 minutes and an hour and a half taking photos. We're going to use a couple of different backgrounds. We're going to have an opportunity for you guys to get changed as well. So in a sec, I'll have a bit of a look at the clothing you brought along as well. Now, after the shoot, what we're going to do is we're going to have a little break. And during the break, we're just going to get you to come back here to the lounge room, relax, and we'll make you a nice cup of coffee. We've got an espresso machine here, your coffee drinkers. We'll feed you some chockies. During that time, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to go up to my production room for about 30 minutes. And during that time, I'm going to go through all the photos and I'm going to choose the best ones to show you. Now, once I've done that, now, by the way, I'm not going to show you everything. I'm going to show you maybe a quarter of what I've shot. Once I've done that, we head up to the third floor and we've actually got a theatre up on the third floor. We're going to take you in there. You'll see the photos on the big screen, actually larger than life. And basically from there, you'll get to choose what you want to order. How's that sound, guys? All good? And then we'll go from there. Right. So, so that's a bit of a sing-song way. I do personalise that a little bit with the customer. Yeah, sure. And sure. I will often ask the customer from there about themselves. Now, there is a reason that I actually do it that way, which gets into a little bit of more of the psychology of how we connect with our customers as well. Now, from there, basically, we will literally just get pretty much straight into the shoot. Now, we do have a bit of paperwork we get people to fill out first. We've got essentially a consent form. We've got a something about marketing, you know, those sorts of things as well. And then from there, we pretty much do get straight into the shoe. I usually wait till the customer gets here and I've actually seen them to sort of set up the first background. I want to see what they brought along and that sort of thing. Typically, we only shoot on a white or black background, but we do light them differently so we can get different effects and things like that as well. And of course, we've got the natural light studio up here too. Right. So you use multiple backdrops and different areas in the studio for each family or depends on the family? Each family. Now, we do a lot of work and I actually have to say families are probably only about 20% of our work at the moment. Right. So because you're doing boudoir, nudes, kids on their own, families, pets, everything. Yeah, we're probably doing a lot of pets at the moment, which we love. And we're doing a lot of beautiful women and couples and things like that, which, of course, we also love. And I, I think it is actually important to 
eventually niche into the areas that you really enjoy. And over the years, I've actually done studies on essentially the income we get from different genres. And it's actually interesting that it's not very flexible. Whatever genre we shoot, we make about the same amount. Oh, right. So because of that, really, there's no reason why we shouldn't just be pitching for the work that we enjoy and actually shooting the things we enjoy. As long as there's enough clients to support that business. Yeah, so, so we cast our net pretty wide and we advertise across the whole of Western Australia. And hang on, hang on, not just Perth, the whole of Western Australia. All of Western Australia. So, so for the overseas, that's like a country uh, in Europe. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's sort of, I think we're talking, it's a fair bit of the equivalent size of Western Europe, I think. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> to put it in perspective. We have about two and a half million people here over a truly vast geographical area. Um, <laughs> yes. And most of those people are in Perth, but we get a lot of country customers. And the other day I had someone drive from Geraldton in the morning for a photo shoot in the afternoon and then drive back to Geraldton. Now, Geraldton is about 450 kilometres from our studio. Yeah, right. That's a big day for them. That's not unusual um, for... West Australians, you know, talk about distance in terms of time, how many hours in the car. <laughs> and people from the country actually will do that. And we tend to find our country customers are some of our greatest customers as well. It's really important to, although we have very set things we say to all of our customers, it's also really important to personalise experiences. And by personalise, I mean just be humane, just actually understand or try to put yourself in the customer's shoes. So, my customer the other day who was coming from Geraldton, I knew she was getting in the car at five o'clock in the morning to be there for the photo shoot. So when she got to the studio, we actually had sandwiches. I had actually gone to the local continental deli and bought some continental rolls, cut them up in sandwiches, vegetarian and meat and that sort of thing. And you have that for the customer when they get there. Now, that's not something that's part of any of our workflows. It just seemed like the fair and the right thing to do at the day. And it's amazing how much customers appreciate those sort of things. That's lovely. Hey, let me take you back, Craig, for a second. As a business person, are you surprised that no matter what genre you shoot, generally what the client spends is about the same? Because in my head, I would have assumed <laughs> that families would yield the biggest spenders because you have multiple different options. You can be a little bit more creative with your setups and your options for photographing different groups. Does that surprise you? Look, it did once upon a time, which is why I sat down and I did the math about it. And I think it is, there's a couple of things there. It's really important to manage by numbers. It is important to look at as many different statistics as you can about your business, because sometimes the things you discover are actually quite counterintuitive. And that then lets you make different decisions. So if we actually discover that it doesn't matter what genre we shoot, then that gives us the freedom to actually enjoy our work more by simply targeting what we do enjoy. Now, in terms of why, what it actually implies is that the drivers that drive people to spend are not whether they're a family or it's not whether it's a beauty shoot or it's not a couple or that sort of thing. So what it means is it must be something else that actually makes or breaks the experience for people. And then, so that's then becomes something to delve into. And Basically, what we've come to over the years is that what people spend really depends on how emotional the experience is for them, how much you essentially get under the surface layer of what people maybe initially think they're coming there for, 
to actually create something that's truly important. And if the photos are important to somebody, they will purchase it. And what's important to people? Well, it varies. You know, for some people, it is actually their pets. So if you promote for pets, you will pick up those people where their pets are important. It's not uncommon to make a two or three or four thousand dollar sale from a photo of one dog. Sorry, I shouldn't say a photo of one dog, a series of photos of one dog. People will spend that money. And if you think about it, it does make sense. If someone has a, say, a French bulldog, they've probably already spent three or four thousand dollars on the puppy. And then it's not uncommon to have vet bills that are actually in similar, similar territory as well. So people can be quite content to spend that sort of money on a pet. And a lot of people are actually having pets either delaying or not having children these days. And they really do pour a lot of their love and their need for someone to love them actually into their pets. And there really isn't any particular limit there. It depends on how much people just love those photographs. And that's not so surprising, but it's interesting, that's for sure. So when in your process do you, let's say, agitate and get a bit more out of the client about that connection so that they do fall in love with the experience, so they do fall in love with the photos, so they realise how important they are? It's actually, again, it's a little bit about being able to relax yourself during a photo shoot. So sometimes when we're shooting, we're too busy sort of trying to get all the shots done, trying to get the shot list done of those shoots that we've determined that people always buy this shoot or they photo or they always buy this photo. And we actually sometimes are a bit too mechanical in what we do. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. I love that. Craig, I think that is the perfect place to leave this. You have been an absolute delight to talk to, mate. It's been a real pleasure. No worries. For the listener who wants to learn more about you and see what you're up to, where's the best place to go? Is it the website? Yep, go to our website, cooperstudio.com.au. We've actually been revamping the website too. In fact, between when I'm speaking to you today and probably when this interview goes live, it'll even look different to how it is now. We're putting a lot of work into all that stuff. I have a massive portfolio up there and quite a lot of sort of public-facing information too. It looks gorgeous. I mean, your website already looks fantastic. It's beautifully laid out, lots of white space, easy to get around and navigate, lots of information. I'm interested to see what you guys come up with in regards to the changes. Great. Yeah, it's evolving. I think we're going to be adding a fair bit more video. I think that's definitely a direction. Um, Video has been something that seemed really hard for a really long time, but now that we're getting the hang of it, it's a breath of fresh air and a way of really being able to connect with people actually from our website and from email and from other forms of communication. Nice, nice. Mate, I'm going to add links to your website and anything else I can find on you into the show notes to accompany your audio. And I'll also add some examples of your beautiful work as well, mate. So no worries. Ray, again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have. Absolute pleasure, Andrew. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Craig Cooper as much as I did. Craig, if you're listening, again, mate, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you did for opening up about how you achieved your success and, um, yeah, what it really means to run a successful studio today. really do appreciate everything you did share. For you, the listener, I do hope that you feel the same way. I hope you got a ton from what Craig had to share. Was there one thing that he shared that you thought, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm going to do that in my business. I'm going to be walking away and implementing what Craig shared 
into my business. If there is one thing, let me know, let Craig know. And you can do that in the comments area of the show notes. And you can find them this week over at photobizx.com forward slash 379. The comments area is at the very bottom of the show notes. And in those same show notes, you'll find examples of Craig's fantastic work. You'll find links to anything and everything that he mentioned in the interview. It's all there in the one place. And of course, if you are a premium member, Craig is already part of our members Facebook group. So if you have a follow-up question for him, hit him up inside the group. Maybe there's something that I didn't ask that you wish that I did. Maybe you want to get clarification on something. Hit him up inside the group and I know that he'll be more than happy to come back and answer any questions that you have. Alrighty, that's just about going to wrap up today's episode. Don't forget, if you ever have an idea for an interview guest, if there's someone out there, doesn't matter whether they are a photographer, a marketing expert, a business expert, if there's someone that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, please let me know. Shoot me an email. It's andrew at photobizx.com. Let me know who you're recommending for an interview and let me know why you feel they should be interviewed on the show, You know what their specialty is, what's something that they're doing that you would love to learn from, what's something they're doing in their business that you'd like to learn about, You know what is it or why is it that you'd like to hear them on the show. And it really doesn't matter whether they've been in business for a long time, a short time, as long as they're finding success in what they're doing and there's something that you would love to learn from them, let me know about who that person is. And if they're a good fit, I'll see what I can do to get them on the podcast. Alrighty, that really is it for this episode. I'm going to get some final editing done on this audio. I'll get it out to you. I'll be posting today's video challenge for those people doing the daily vlog challenge. And once that's all done, I'm heading out for some cake, some coffee and cake with Linda to celebrate our 24th wedding anniversary. I hope wherever you are, you are staying safe, healthy and well. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 